This is the Anglican Perspective Podcast with Canons Phil Ashey and Mark Eldridge of the American Anglican Council. Join us for an in-depth look at building up and defending Great Commission Anglicanism throughout the world by developing faithful leaders, equipping local congregations, and always reforming the church. You can find out more about how we can help you and your churches thrive by visiting www.americananglican.org. Welcome to your Anglican Perspective. I am Phil Ashey from the American Anglican Council with another episode of Anglican Perspective where we address uh, all kinds of issues going on in the Anglican Communion. I'm just back from visiting in Uganda with the uh, Ugandan College of Bishops, but I am privileged to be sitting here today with the Dean of our college, Bishop Kevin Allen of Cascadia, uh, one of our senior bishops, uh, Bishop Clark Lowenfield from the Diocese of the Western Gulf Coast, and one of our newer bishops, uh, Bishop Alex Farmer from the Gulf Atlantic Diocese, and we are here at Epworth-by-the-Receive Retreat Center for the American Anglican Council Bishops Leadership Academy for New Bishops. So, uh, uh, dear bishops and brothers in Christ, welcome. It's great to have you on this broadcast. Good to be with you. Thank you. Well, I um, I'm wondering now. You know, we've we've gathered here at this new bishop, uh, this bishops leadership academy, really designed for uh, newer bishops. And I'm wondering from both our our senior bishops here and from uh, from you, Bishop Alex, what do you perceive as some of the biggest challenges? that bishops in uh, ACNA are facing today? Wow, I mean, there, there are lots of challenges, um, but I think I think one of just my observation, one of the beginning is, is sort of this, you know, the transition from uh, those guys that really brought us together under the ACNA, formed ACNA, and now sort of transitioning to uh, a new generation of bishops and uh, uh, sort of a a turnover in uh, uh, Episcopal leadership and sort of like, how do we how do we figure out how we're going to do life together in this new season? And you're part of a class. I think we have six new bishops here and there are two who are not able uh, to make it from the REC. So this is really significant. I mean, how many how many bishops, uh, Bishop Kevin, how many bishops do we, uh, active diocesans do we have in the college? I think we have 29 active diocesans. So this is represents what, almost a, a 30% turnover just in, uh, in one year. Uh, from a senior bishop's standpoint, what, what do you see, you know, reflecting on what um, Bishop Alex has just said, uh, you know, what are some of the, the challenges that that we're facing, you know, in ACNA and particularly in the College of Bishops? Well, I'd like to rephrase that and say I'm looking forward to this as an adventure in this change, an adventure uh-huh. in Christ, because it's been miraculous over the last few years in the founding of the ACNA and to where we are now that we are in a season of passing the baton to another generation of bishops. And that's a mark of success uh, that God has made possible uh, through the work of the Holy Spirit. And what's exciting about that is that we have some excellent young bishops that are coming along, like Alex, that I'm just delighted to make company with and see the future of the church in good hands with. And because of that, I'm very hopeful for the future. 
uh, I'm delighted that we're able to come together and be vulnerable enough to ask the questions, uh, to try to learn from one another, uh, to be able to uh, pray together about what that might look like rather than, oh, how good the old days were. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Phil, I think, you know, I think a common experience of almost everybody when they become a bishop is that uh, the day after their consecration, they realize how much they don't know. Yeah, yeah. And, uh, you know, in some cases like mine, I was 30 years in the ministry and all of a sudden I wake up and I'm entering into a life of leadership that I've never known, never even thought how that might be lived out, absolutely did not know the complexities of it, so on and so forth. So I believe that one of the challenges we have is with such a obviously large nation and with people spread out all over everywhere, how do we support, encourage, uh, love, care, challenge, admonish each other as bishops uh, uh, in, a, in, in some kind of community? Because in our learning process, which doesn't go on for just two or three years, I find 11 years in, and especially with the dramatic changes in culture and the dramatic changes in, in basically ministry and the challenges of ministry, not just my ministry, but the ministry of all the leaders that, that I'm leading, there is so much I don't know. And so one of the biggest challenges is us trying to figure out ways we can do that together. We only meet a few times a year. So I think it's a big challenge that, that, that we need to look at ways for us to, to collaborate more on just learning, yeah. which is, of course, one thing that is so powerfully done here in this Bishop's Leadership Academy. It's learning. It's, it's, it's wonderful learning. Um. I'd be interested to hear more thoughts about that. You know, when one of the bishops um, who spoke earlier said, uh, oh, my gosh, I, I realized that now that I've stepped out of parish ministry where I got to do all the fun stuff of vision casting and planning and organizing people for missions and evangelism. Now I have the unique role and responsibility of guarding and promoting the faith, the order uh, and um, the doctrine and 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 mission of the church. Um, uh, how do you see that happening here? You know, sort of leaning into that role uh, in this bishops' leadership uh, academy we've been in the last couple of days. Well, the, I mean, the order, uh, the the charge to to the order of the church is what comes to mind first because we we have spent time looking at our canons and and. You're such a great resource to the to the whole province, Phil. But sort of looking at that, how do we order the church life? How do we order the life of the clergy and the congregation under our care so that ministry can really flourish? Mm-hmm. You know, and I think one of the things that that you know the culture is asking for right now is safe places to do ministry. Yes. So um, I think stewarding well making sure that we are really uh, setting up such an order within the church that that ministry flourishes uh, is is a huge piece of what we're doing. And and this this academy has been very helpful to that end. Wonderful. One aspect of the way that you designed it and, and has been designed over these last few years is the obvious impartation of a great deal of information, which is part of that learning that I described. Right. But the opportunity to discuss, have have active rhetoric uh, about certain topics, I think 
I think that's something that most of us certainly don't get to do oftentimes in our day-to-day ministry. We're leading meetings, we're, 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 we're doing all sorts of things in ministry, but to have, have the opportunity to really exercise both our intellectual and our spiritual muscles of, of thinking through things that need, that we need to think through that we oftentimes either don't have time for, the tyranny, the urgent drives our lives. Uh, so the opportunity to, yes, have a great deal of information imparted, which is done very effectively, I believe, but also the opportunity to discuss and wrestle mm-hmm. with some of those things is yeah. really important. I like the discussing and wrestling with things. Um, that has been rich for our time here. And part of that is building up fellowship and collegiality. And in that, we get to know each other, mm-hmm. uh, trust each other more, and be able to be in a position that as we're facing the challenges of our life and culture, that we're not alone. Mm-hmm. Uh, that we can call up one another and pray for one another and ask the hard questions and uh, learn from one another uh, to be able to face these challenges in our day, uh, to bring order, to defend the faith in a changing culture and a changing landscape. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, that is uh, something which I find um, very important for me personally. Mm-hmm. I've enjoyed that camaraderie mm-hmm. and support from other bishops over the last few years and even more so with the new team coming on board. Yeah. Well, now... Um, this is this is all wonderful, and uh, I, I certainly can bear witness to the wonderful collegiality and interaction and the, you know, dealing with really difficult questions, uh, theological questions, taking things seriously, thinking about how do we create safer places for ministry, looking at our canons. But we know that we have um, particularly uh, younger clergy who can look at uh, things like women's ordination or, uh, you know, sexual misconduct by clergy or abuse of power or uh, differences in the way we go about uh, uh, doing church, uh, differences in ecclesiology. And and sometimes, as, as I've heard some bishops share here, it, it you know, there's this this fear that how can ACNA possibly hold together with all of these differences and I wonder, you know, what what you would say on the basis of of this Bishop's Leadership Academy um, to to clergy who are worried about, oh my gosh, is the ACA really going to survive with all these differences and divisions? Well, as the new guy in the circle, I will say, um, from the moment I was elected and and felt an overwhelming welcome into the college mm-hmm. and having. Been now, this is, will be my uh, really my third time to be together with the college, provincial council, and uh, and then into the conclave. And now, you know, the meeting we just finished earlier in January. Um, there, there's a there's a tremendous uh, commitment to to uniting and being together. That, mm. that we're in this thing. That yes, these problems are real. They they can easily divide us. But there is a real sense of being unified. I think the word we talked about was burning the burning the ships. We've burnt the ships. We are we're in this together. Yeah. And uh, and I've 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 felt that uh, as a new person in the room, and and a desire to um, to find ways to to have the healthy conversations about what divides us, so that we really truly can be united. Mm-hmm. And so I I've I've been very encouraged in my first five months. Uh, what I've seen in terms of uh, a commitment to unity and to uh, to staying together, that's that's important. When I when I, I was a part of a group of clergy that decided to leave the Episcopal Church, 
And we, we all said, we were, we were, we all made the commitment. We don't know where we're going, but we're going to go there together. Mm, and I get that yeah. same sense of commitment when I'm, when I'm sitting in college of bishop meetings or here at the academy. You know, Phil, it's interesting because certainly I sense that commitment as well. uh, And that one of the things for us as Anglicans is, you know, this tension that we live in, we call it all sorts of things, middle way. We call it this great tapestry that we are, this great mosaic that we are. Certainly that lives itself out in a lot of different ways, even in the midst of disagreements. I think we don't give ourselves enough credit as Anglicans to realize that we've actually been attracted to a way of life that most other Christians in the world actually don't feel attracted to. They would much rather have things much more black or white. Mm-hmm. They would much, you know, and yet we've, we've, we've actually been attracted to a, 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 a tapestry. We've actually been attracted to a mosaic, not just, not just in our liturgical styles, not, you know, mm-hmm. in our ecclesiological styles, obviously not at all in our theological styles. And that's where challenges, you know, we have to make sure. But I I think if we celebrate more often uh, that um, Pope Paul made a statement in one of his encyclicals, he was talking about the the laity, everybody was saying, for together we are the church. And I believe that that uh, we probably don't celebrate that enough in Anglicanism about the fact that we for together we are the church this great yeah. tapestry and even when we gather as bishops we are the church uh, yeah. and, and and it is our variety that makes us the church yeah. and it is that mosaic and it's beautiful but we don't stop very often and actually appreciate the beauty yeah yeah well the midst of the challenges of our culture right now where if you disagree with me i'm against you uh, it's a great witness to have this diversity come together to find in unity by Christ. Yes. And because of Christ's love for us, we are committed to love one another, even across those differences and sometimes difficulties. And that's a richness that we have in the college. And it's, it's a choice that we make. We are, are willing to be in unity with one another, led by the Holy Spirit. And the Holy Spirit enables us to do that, even beyond our uh, discomforts at times. And it's really wonderful when we see ourselves uh, come together, ask some hard questions and wrestle with that. And while we may squirm a little bit and be uncomfortable and sometimes grit our teeth with those differences as they emerge, what we have in the midst of the room is some value and respect for one another, despite those differences, to say, even though we're different, I love you. Right. And Which I is well said today in our group. Yeah. Yeah. And, right. and I, think, I think, Phil, that, that uh, uh, it's even a reflection of New Testament church. I yes, mm-hmm. certainly the New Testament church was not all the same. Right. And mm-hmm. had a lot of different opinions. Right. And uh, so. Mm-hmm. So and I love the tapestry analogy or the mosaic, you know, but even a, the, the mosaic has a frame Amen. around mm-hmm. it. And, and this is part of the frame, I yes. think, that we that we're talking about uh, within which we flourish as Anglicans in this very rich tapestry. So just. um um, you know, as as we're uh, winding this up, of of all the things we've discussed over the last couple of days, what's been um, either the most challenging or the most favorite piece that that you've uh, uh, that you've experienced? 
Well, uh, he's sitting across from me, so it's awkward to say this, but uh, what, what Bishop Allen shared about the, the role of the bishop in our apostolic work is the most challenging because, frankly, <laughs> the job is tremendous. It's, yeah. it's to represent the church, <laughs> to quote Bishop Clark, I mean, is to, is to really, um, you know, so I left a bit overwhelmed with that one, just to be frank. So I haven't given him that feedback till now, but, but uh, so that's, I'll, I'll throw that out. So. All right. Well, in response to that, of course, it's with the power of the Holy Spirit, we can do much more than we can infinitely imagine. Amen. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. So we're, we're well equipped by that power uh, to do that. And quite frankly, we're confessedly humbly accepting that reality. Uh, we're being asked to do more than we could do on our own. Mm. And sometimes we don't have the answers, and that gets us a little bit uncomfortable and even fearful at times. Uh, but we've seen in the past that God has been true and the victories that he's given us in his name, and that gives us confidence that he will do the same in the future. Mm. Uh, so, you know, I, I have confidence in the future with all the tough things we have to do. Yeah. yeah. Phil, I, I'm going to cheat and say I can't choose one because I really— I really appreciate the effort of weaving together the physical, the spiritual, uh, the emotional, the practical, the the uh, functional aspects that, that that we try to bring out in this week and try to yeah. get folks to. And so, to me, it's actually it's actually the blend of all of them that that mean the most to me because I watch different brothers in the room be affected by this or that or whatever but but it's a holistic i guess that's what i appreciate the most is the holistic effort that that is made during this academy to get bishops to see what they're in where they're going and that they're not alone in it yeah and and together as both um, bishops who are at the beginning and and at the middle and maybe the 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 later part of uh, of Episcopal leadership. Do you think this would be a value to those who've been in um, Episcopal ministry uh, for a while? You know, not just the new ones coming out, but but also those who are um, who are already well into their Episcopal leadership. Well, I can speak very comfortably to that, uh, having been a bishop now for 11 years. Um, I didn't have the benefit of such a teaching when I came on board, and uh, I've been called now in my senior leadership in the college to be part of the teaching group for this twice now, and I'm finding I'm learning new things each time I've come as a teacher, so I've been a student as well. Uh, So I would say it would be a great benefit for any bishop of any uh, seniority to come and be part of this. That's wonderful. Yeah, I would have to agree. Just I didn't have it when I first became a bishop either, and and but the but the opportunity to do all of those things that we've described even these last few moments is not something that would be done once i hope i hope that that even as one needed a refresher or just just to come and be with brothers and and experience what we've described in this last few moments i think that's worthwhile always yeah I'm too new in this to say that in terms of my own experience, obviously, but I've talked to other bishops who um, who didn't have the privilege of being a part of an academy like this, and they, they're they envious of the start. Um, it's a complex job. I mean, I was telling my mm. wife, you know, to to be the, the CEO of any any entity, you know, which is effectively we are for our own diocese, is is just challenging. You can't you can't learn that. You can't come to a place and get all that you need to know there. But to be set up with here are the questions you need to be asking. Here are the 
things you need to be thinking through. And then to do that with others who some who've been doing it for quite a while, some of some who are struggling to learn, you know, at the same place that you are as a new person is is invaluable. And I don't I don't I think it's a unique thing about the church. I mean, I can't imagine the same types of uh, leadership academies being offered. Maybe there are, but I think it would be helpful. I, I would I'd love to come back uh, at some, you know, at a five year mark just to see where I've. What, you know, what did I not get the first five? You know, get right the first five. You give me another chance yeah, to yeah. Uh, to learn some more. So, oh, well, one more thing about that is that this is now the second academy. Yeah. And what is wonderful is that from the feedback of the bishops of the first academy, we've changed the um, agendas and sessions, had more open time for conversations and interaction, mm-hmm. and uh, we've been able to work that in the needs of the bishops of our day. Mm-hmm. So the next academy will get, be getting feedback from this crew this time, yeah. which will help us uh, be even more appropriate to that day when we do the next academy and the people coming. And I guess I'd encourage, obviously, brothers who are more experienced in, in the Episcopal ministry to be open when you call, Phil, and, and need teachers. I, I certainly have enjoyed Absolutely. teaching. Uh, but they would be open. We've got a rich, rich Ugh. bench in yes. ACNA of, of brothers who can bring a lot to this kind of. So I certainly, if those who might be listening today, pray that they'd be open to coming and giving their contributions as well. Amen to that. We will. Absolutely. And before we close, since we have so many uh, listeners who are, you know, fervently praying for the church, for our mission and everything else, um, if, if you could ask them to pray for one thing for the college, what would that be? Interesting question. Yeah. I'll, I'll, I'll say um, pray that we're able to listen more completely to each other and for ways to uh, structure that so that every voice is heard. I think that's I, I've heard that's the desire. And I think, yeah. so praying that we would truly have hear every voice because yeah. the because the church is enriched by those voices. Yeah. I think we get so uh, caught up in the work of our diocese and rightly so. Uh, There's hard to uh, appreciate as much as we can of the great miracles and work going on in the other dioceses. Mm-hmm. And so I think a prayer is for us to be able to raise our heads mm. and see not only see but get inspired by and get excited to participate with mm-hmm. the mission of our brothers and sisters in our, our diocese as well yes it draws us more closer together to share mission yes you know in the future yeah yeah mine would be simple i would ask them to pray for a special benediction of his spirit that he would cover us with wisdom discernment mm. protection from the fear from the spirit of fear uh, just literally let the Holy Spirit have its way with us. That would always be my my prayer request uh, for them. That's wonderful. Bishop Allen, Bishop Lowenfield, Bishop Farmer, thank you so much for taking the time uh, to uh, to be interviewed. And uh, you are in our prayers. Your diocese are in our prayers. And we've heard... Uh, such a good invitation to pray for the Holy Spirit, the spirit of power and of love and of a sound mind, to listen to each other's voices within the college and to lift our eyes 
to see the abundance and the variety and the rich tapestry of ministry uh, in which we can collaborate with each other. So uh, we bless you and thank you very much for your leadership. And Ken and Phil, I want to thank you and the American Anglican Council and all your listeners and supporters that make this ministry and this moment possible. This is a valuable contribution to the future of the ACNA. So thank you all very much. Amen. Thank That's you. right. Amen. Amen. Yeah. Thank you, Phil. Thank you. God bless you. You've been listening to your Anglican Perspective with Ken and Phil and Ken and Mark of the American Anglican Council. Be sure to subscribe wherever you get your podcasts and share it so that biblically faithful and orthodox Anglicans can stay connected to the latest news, updates, and inspirations from around the world. 